obviously, you know, you're talking about how you had the SB collection and whatnot. Right. So you had some some type of idea of, you know, a little foray into the, the streetwear fashion kind of right. world. Right. And especially with Nike SB and the collabs they have, it's not like a, a colorway. It's like this is like the Nike SB Huxtable. And it had like this Kuji material type on it. One of my favorite pairs. And I let it go. Um, I was about to ask you that question too. What, I, I let any, it go. Any things that you regret? Any pairs? All of them. Oh. I regret letting... Uh, <laughs> we had the, the Gucci Dunk High. And uh, it had like the black denim with the paprika leather. And the, the crimson tumbled leather. And we had the Krampus Dunk. Um, you know who Krampus is? Oh, I know Krampus Dunk. So that was like a, a pony fur with a cracked leather. And it was like the demon. Like him as a demon on the tongue tag. Mm-hmm. Um, send helps. Um, I got the second scent helps now. They dropped a second pair. Uh, the De La Souls, you know, for the 90s babies. Mm-hmm. Um, the lows and the highs. Damn, son. Um, Damn, son. There was a lot of heaters I regret letting go, but had I not let them go, would I be here today? We're so happy that you downloaded! Yo, 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 what's going on out there, world? How we doing and shit? Welcome to Steezy's Trap House. This is your boy, Steezy, and it is show motherfucker number 248. Yes, you already know we are in the building. It is a beautiful, beautiful day in Orlando after a brief pause in the cold snaps that were just going on. It was like we actually had winter down here for a little while. Not gonna lie, I was kind of vibing. I was kind of digging it because I like to. I like to be in the outerwear. I'm not gonna lie. I love me some outerwear. I don't know about y'all, y'all Floridian people. My guest here has an orange right on his shirt. I'm assuming he doesn't like the cold like myself, but you know I fuck with the cold. Heavy, heavy. Yes, indeed. Speaking of my guest, it is his first time in the trap house. First time in my house. First time meeting actually. Specifically, we've got. The owner of Orlando Meats, right off of Virginia Avenue, one of the hottest, hottest restaurants slash butcher shops in Orlando. We've got Elliot Hillis in the house. Thank you very much for having me. Was that a great introduction or was that a great introduction? It was perfect, but the orange on my shirt is actually a peach. Oh, fuck. It's, uh, <laughs> it's from Mamafuku. Ah, okay. Word, word, place, yeah. word, word, word. Yes, so I have already struck out right off the bat. That's good to hear. I'm and good. I love the cold. Oh, I've struck out twice. All right, cool. <laughs> so uh, I'm not doing well there. No, it's it's good. So it's like the the first thought, you know, jumping on it. See, now I'm just like, now I'm like, I'm back to this part with this fan in here that you asked me so kindly not to, to put on you, which I think you were the first person to say not to have the fan on you, which you'll understand. It'll, it's going to get hot in here very soon. It's going to get hot. But I'm like right back to this now. Mm. And with the cold that just passed, like I didn't have to use this fan in here at all. And it was so beautiful so beautiful well just i normally i'm okay but like i haven't eaten all day and the trauma of getting the the trauma of getting the tattoo uh that i just got on my feet like kind of in a little bit of shock so it's kind of it's off-putting i was gonna say yeah let's let's talk about that tattoo in one second please (laughs) please shout out uh the business any social medias anything along those lines that people need to find 
your content, your your food, your anything. Please, uh, sir. Oh, so it's uh, so at Salt Forge on Instagram, at Orlando Meats. Uh, Joe from Old Florida Electric actually just gave me the tattoo. Oh, He's damn. He's really great. Damn. That's crazy. All right. Do you fair know enough, him? Fair enough. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure him and I have met before. He looks like a 1950s scientist if you covered him in tattoos and made him super jacked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've met him before. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It's a very distinct look. Okay, so so you said it was a cover-up, right? Mhm. Man. So okay, so what what pushed you to get it there in the first place on the feet? The the first tattoo was actually a reference to Upright Citizens Brigade, if you remember oh, that I, show. I know Upright Citizens so Brigade. So it said don't think across the top of my feet. Gotcha. And um, how I, how big were we talking? Like, are we talking block lettering? Yeah, or? yeah, real big, like a uh, knuckle <laughs> size, like fist on either side. Oh my god! <laughs> and um, I just had been planning on getting a bunch of cover ups over time. Like, I have a bunch of stuff that I need to just be fixed and to to be uh, changed around or like maybe a different concept. And I was actually gonna get salt and acid tattooed across my knuckles. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm not emotionally ready to get hand tattoos yet, so, <laughs> um, so just went with the feet and like covered up an old piece. I feel that. I feel that. I'm definitely right there with you. Not emotionally there for hand tattoos yet. Um, I don't even know if I'm emotionally there for for feet tattoos. I just breached the rib tattoo. Ugh. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, I just did that maybe three months ago. No, 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 not even three months ago. It was in start of December. Yeah. Oh, I got mine on the fifth or sixth of January. First one or on yeah, the ribs or first rib tattoo. Oh man, what'd um, you get? Uh, Charlie from Always Sunny as a wild card. <laughs> oh, because he's the wild card. Wild yes. card. <laughs> wild card. Yeah, yeah you already fucking know. been through a really weird spin. Of, I think this is the f- the my feet are the fifth tattoo this year, and it's Jan. It's February what? Uh, this year yeah damn dude so uh new year's eve so i'll count that i got these two bangers that definitely counts there and there oh oh my god that's like a lineage tattoo yeah in the dish hold on yeah 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 let's talk about this (laughs) because people at home you're not understanding where he's pointing at we're we're talking about in the crevice of your elbow like right in the right where you bend right in the middle there referred to as the ditch it's bad even as small as that one is it was horrible and then uh got the ribs done Three days later. Oh, man. And then I got a Duke's mayonnaise jar tattooed on my... Classic. On my leg. Classic. Uh, Why not Hellman's, dude? Because Duke's is way better. Okay, fair enough. First off, in the South. Second off, it's whole whole yolk instead of all this mixed, whipped, hydrogenated oil nonsense. Mm. It's just a better, like, overall a better product. Mm, Fair enough. See, I am not necessarily... I'm not one to poo-poo mayo but i'm not a huge mayo dude like i'm not going out of my way to get mayo so i'm not incredibly versed on the topic of mayonnaise and the finer ones so like miracle whips not mayonnaise obviously yes. it's a salad dressing <laughs> technically as is marietta's and all that other stuff newsflash people at home and miracle then you whip, no hellman's and a few other like similar products and then you have duke's and then the the creme de la creme is going to be uh, QP, the top, Japanese style mayonnaise. The top tier? Yeah. Mm. Is th- Would that be like the K-E-W-P-I-E? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I had no idea what that was before that. It's the best. It's full of MSG. It's it's like super acidic and, and well-rounded. It's amazing. Yes. That all sounds very good to me. Mm-hmm. I got a two-headed tiger on my ribs, though. So I uh, How big? I totally... I'll show you. It's right here. Right here-ish. Oh. Yeah, man. Was the stomach worse or the ribs worse? Because my the tail is where mine is. Okay, honestly, 
she was a shout out to Kat. She's the dopest. She started on my side because people at home, my my tattoo goes from the side of my ribs, like straight up on my side, down onto like my abdomen. And she started on the side because she was like, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be the worst part, hands down. And that's what I assumed, too. Right. She's like, yeah, let me get this done. We'll work from the tail over and we'll go down there. That shit sucked. <laughs> we get down to the abdomen Oof. and I am dying like because di- if you see me i have zero body fat on me yeah. so basically the entire time i'm just feeling straight machine on bone and straight machine on muscle the entire time it was so fucked so to answer that question i'm gonna say the stomach and Stomach's ab- worse. abdomen i had uh i was in the middle of having a conversation about the next tattoo on my stomach and about halfway through the feet tattoo i was like i don't know if i'm gonna do this anytime soon <laughs> It's real bad. <laughs> Dude, I feel that, man. Like it was uh that last one was pretty pretty fucking epic, I'm gonna say. It was it hurt pretty. How many do you bad. have total? Not many. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's like six tattoos. Okay. Yeah. And then all the rest of them are stupid as hell too. They're all they're all dumb tattoos. Yeah, you're just in the beginning though. That's yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's uh that's a really weird bridge you cross when you're in like 20, 30, and you're just like, okay, well, whatever's fine. Let's just go. Pretty much. And it's like, I've always had, I've always had, you know, two or three main, huge, actually thought out ideas that I want to go with. But, you know, I need to meet the right person and I have to like <laughs> establish a right, like, relationship with that tattoo artist and like be with their style. You know, like everything needs to be right, I feel like, for the two to three specific, like, large, actually intricate pieces that i want to do everything else i feel like is just like honestly it's just like fuck it i don't care i I mean there's so many talented people in like we i think orlando has the largest population density of tattoo shops really yeah in america i know we have more than new york per capita really for sure what the fuck um it's it's really weird not all of them are great but okay the ones that are the ones that are really (laughs) talented uh really shine and i mean i feel like there's probably like eight to 10 that could cover any number of things that you need, like especially Built for Speed, Old Florida Electric, the East. You can't really go wrong with those three guys. True that. I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for not saying uh, Rise Above is probably in there. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know it's, it's, it's all <laughs> politics around here. They they all know it's all love for everybody. Those are the three that I have had tattoos most recently. By okay, so I got you. Go. I was definitely going to uh, try to stop by the East actually very soon. Yeah, Earl Funk's amazing. Yeah, I know. I'd like to get him on the show also. Uh, this one's his, the grenade. Oh, word. But word. he was this was like 10 years ago. Is early on in his career. Damn. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Let me uh do my shout-outs real fast go, go. because I totally forgot. We got right into tattoo talk. Uh you can subscribe, download the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher on our website. You can even feel free to fill up your water if you'd like while I'm doing this cuz I'm okay. I'm going to do my spiel. I don't know if you want more water. I'm just I'm saying. Always more water. Yes, yes. It's all about hydration around here. It's in the fridge. It it'll be at the bottom. You'll see it. Uh yes, subscribe, download to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good shit. Yes, indeed. It's always free. You already know. I'm going to turn my Instagram live to me. I don't even know who's in here. Oh, wow. There's people actually in here on Instagram live. There's three people in here on Instagram live. Hi, Instagram live. Hi, hi. Hello. Anyways, yeah, subscribe, download, Google Podcast, or excuse me, yeah, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good shit. Rate us five stars while you are there as well. And you can find us on social media, Twitter at Steezy Trap House, Instagram at STH Show, 
Facebook, join our Facebook group, like our Facebook page, all of that good shit. You can support the show through our Amazon link. Find our Amazon link on our website. And anytime you click on that Amazon link and you buy some shit through Amazon, we get money for free. Doesn't cost you anything. It just costs you the regular amount of shit you were going to buy for whatever you were going to get on Amazon. Oh, shouts out to Rob from uh, Humble Roots Clothing. Just joined the uh, the Instagram. Apparently, he's uh, in Orlando's most famous podcast Instagram live, which is absolutely not true whatsoever. <laughs> Completely not true at all. Uh, anyways, so... Oh, yeah, Amazon. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything extra to do the Amazon thing. Just literally bookmark it in your browser. Anytime you buy shit on Amazon, they're going to kick us money back for free for you. It's a win-win. Honestly, just fucking do it. Just just do it. Seriously. I mean, I know you're listening to me say it right now, but just do it. Just do it. And you can find a t-shirt of ours on our Represent store if you'd like to support us. Go on ahead and buy you a t-shirt over there. Last but not least, if you would like to contact us with any questions for the show, email me, steeziestraphouse at gmail.com. I will answer your questions. If you want to send me a voice note that you've recorded on your phone, I can play that on the show, and I can then promptly make fun of your dumbass right after that. Or maybe not make fun of you. You know, it depends on how good the question is. Or if you take a shot at me, you know, if you take a good enough shot at me, you can make me be quiet, and then I'm sure everybody would love to hear that shit. So, you know, send those voice notes over. I want to hear what y'all have to say. And if you want a free sticker, email me, DM me, whatever. Send me your address, and I will send you one, I repeat, one free sticker. And put that shit on your own property or somebody else's property and use the hashtag, tag the trap, take a picture, send it to me, and I'll repost that shit. Boom, done, plugs, done. Oh, my God. It's, like, so fucking relieving every time I do that shit. I mean, at least you had it, like, tight and condensed everything all in one piece. To a degree. Felt natural. To a degree. When you left to go fill up your water (laughs) at the very start there, I was, like, fucking with the Instagram live thing, and I just totally was kind of uh, doing what circular thinking I suppose I was just saying the same statement like uh, three or four times in a row caught in a loop yeah exactly so my friend Elliot where are you from originally I was born in Winter Park Florida damn the left du- the came WP. back yeah where'd you leave to uh I did a season at uh well actually I mean I lived in Panama City Beach for a while which is a terrifying situation. A five O. That's my stomping grounds uh, right there, baby. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, and, uh, North Florida representing no, this bitch. Terrifying, <laughs> horrible nonsense. What is it? What is it about Panama City that you don't like? So it's all stuff that seems like it should be good, but for whatever reason, it's horrible. Like the one thing I loved is the, the arcades. Right? There's so many arcades. At least when I was there. Okay. Uh, there's like three. What year was this? Oh, God. Uh, 2009, somewhere in there. Oh, damn. That's when I left the 850. Okay. Oh, man. So I got out when you were getting in. I Ooh, think that's buddy. right. I think the time frame's right. Oh, man. I feel for you. I, a lot of that's a blank spot for me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just had to, like, X that out of your mind. Yeah. Might be a little earlier. Um, But so I uh, lived up there for a little while, Um, came back, started cooking in earnest, um, I ended up doing a season at the Grand Canyon North Rim as the head chef up there. And yeah, it was a really weird experience. Okay. Developed the inverse square law what that, that the dictates hell is that? the more beautiful uh, a natural environment is, the more trash everything else around <laughs> it is. So like there's no food, there's no educated people, nobody has all their teeth. It's just 
a terrifying cabin in the woods, or not cabin in the woods, a uh, last, uh, or Hills Have Eyes, that's the right one. Mm, gotcha. Hills Have Eyes type situation, <clears throat> but like there's less murder. Okay, fair enough. Less. You know, I kind of, you know, yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Then I ended up in Key Largo, again, no good food anywhere. Um, the cl- You have to go to Miami to get good food, which is amazing. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and then ended up back in Florida. Or in, in Orlando. Damn, so you were in Orlando for a minute, though, before you moved up north. Yeah. So where were you, uh, how was your, your upbringing here in Orlando? How did, what made you move away in the first place? Like, why were you fucking? For love. Uh, Stupid love. Doesn't it work that <laughs> way for all of us? I mean, that's us? the reason why I did anything else, too. That's the reason why yeah. I do everything is for love. Hey, I feel you there, man. So I, f- I feel you there. I'm right there with you, kind of, as of right now. But, you know. So, like, so how was your Orlando upbringing, then? It was really great. Um... I actually grew my first home is right there on Primrose. Really? Yeah, it's that it's now it's like puke green. It's uh, a duplex right there. Yeah. So I was there till I was three. Wow. It's like right down the street from here. And yeah, then um, I see it every day. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> um and then uh my family moved to Castleberry, which was like it's a good place to like grow up. It's quiet. There's good um trick or treating and right. things like that. Goodbye, Instagram Live. I'm I'm taking you guys out of here. Bye. Goose bye. I'm over this. <laughs> give anyway, up anyways if it's hard just fucking give up and never do it again exactly that's what i'm saying dog it's just like mm, <clears throat> do i really feel like this shit though yeah. uh, nah, not really anyways so uh where was i uh grew up in castleberry mm-hmm. then uh as an adult um moved around orlando in and out of the milk district and little saigon and blah blah, blah. now i'm living in uh Clinton town north Wait, so what were you doing as a kid then? Like, what, what were you into as a kid in Orlando? Like, what was your Computers? <laughs> Computers? Computers, reading. Like, I was the, I can't play sports really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, or didn't want to. I have a decent aptitude for it. It's just not, team sports are not something that I get into. Not your thing. Yeah. I'm and then, um, so I just, yeah, reading and computers. My dad's an electrical engineer. So that was always like the jam. My headphones are all fucked up right now. Yeah, I can. I can only. Am I, I fucking yours up too? The left one. Yeah, mine are. Mine are all <clears throat> fucked up right now too. Okay. Oh no. You know? Can you hear? I can hear you good enough. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Everything's borking. Yeah, everything is. I'm, I think I'm just gonna have to hold this for the rest of the uh, the episode because apparently this is what Fisher Price equipment gets you. Like a dead man switch. Yeah. Like exa- demo. Oh my god, this is going to annoy me so much. <laughs> People at home, you have no idea what I'm dealing with right they now. They can't hear that, right? No, they they can't hear it. Just oh, that's good. Just you and me. Just the monitors. We'll just yeah. pretend like it's not happening. We can just take the headphones off. If Movie like. magic. I I mean I'm still good. I, I don't know. It's, it's annoying you. It doesn't bother me. Because I can't hear, and I'm going to have to take my headphones off. Okay. I can't do this. I mean, I listen oh to Grindcore, so. God. Oh, man. So do I. So do yeah. I, actually. Yeah, man. That's why I got the uh, the gauges and the whatnot. Plugs. Oh, yeah. Do those go hand in hand? Way back in the day. Yeah, apparently they do. Apparently they do go hand in hand, as far as I know. <laughs> All right. Not I don't really. know specifically Grind. There's like, you know, hardcore kids have it, too. Uh yeah you know, okay now I can hear that okay honestly I'm gonna remove this because I don't know if that is coming through. I'm just gonna okay I, just take your headphones off okay just to t- take them off it's because I think that that free jazz be, yeah for real Jesus man oh my God wow how do we was, know if we're close enough that That's was a good. lot of I, I'm just gonna have to look at it and tell you sadly now at this point this is just this is just professional podcasting at its finest this All is right. what it is. Anyways, what were we talking about right before that? Uh, this whole uh, headphone thing just threw me off. Me being a nerd growing up. 
Ah, yes, yes. Okay, so when you said that you were fucking around with computers, does mm-hmm. that mean you were one of those guys that was taking the computer apart and messing with it like that? or For for anybody that cares to know, like my first computer uh, was a 286 that my dad gave me. I learned DOS when I was like four years old. Oh, my God. Um, I started building computers... Somewhere in there. Um, so I said, yes, you were messing around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always wanted to be like my dad. Uh, it just didn't take in the same way. Like, I don't think that it was, I was really built for that. I gotcha. You know? Were you taking apart all of the other shit in the house besides the computers? Oh, well? yeah. Horribly. The, uh, okay. He used to bring me like old, uh, old hard drives when they were massive and I would take them. Obviously, you can't ever put it back together because it's a sealed thing. But yeah. No, I take all that stuff apart and like try to figure out how it works. And My little nephew is like that right now, and it's dope to it's dope to watch that. So I I kind of have an idea of, of what's that what that is like. Yeah, like analytical development goes into everything. Every other aspect of your life can be benefited, but just like having curiosity and creativity and be like, okay, well now I get this. Most definitely, you know. Most definitely. So when did you start getting into metal then? Because now I want to know into about music? that. That <clears throat> well, just specifically metal, because you said grindcore. So I want to. I want to know. Spe- like, I know I'm jumping around. I, no, I no, just- no, no, no. The first, uh, the first band I can remember that was like heavy, that was like more advanced and more aggressive than the stuff that my dad listened to, was like classic rock. Mm-hmm. Um, was like Marilyn Manson. Okay. And then I found like Pantera. Yes. Uh, obviously, Slipknot came along around that same era. Um, and then once I found Cannibal Corpse, I found a lot of like Texas death metal and devourment. And then from death metal, uh, I became obsessed with like tech and grind. So that was like, and then actually hardcore came later and I was always more obsessed with like tech hardcore. I feel that man. I was definitely more along those lines as well. Definitely more into the tech vibes than, uh, just kind of straight hardcore. No shots, no shots uh, at anybody, you know? No, have you ever heard of Buried Alive? Not the not the hardcore band, the tech band. It's one guy, Charles Caswell. Uh, it's Buried, like strawberries, B-E-R-R-I-E-D. No, I have not. It's amazing. It's one guy, he samples over himself while he's playing live. He's a virtuoso. It's it's so intense. It's so brutal. Uh, it's insane. Like, I, I still, I have listened to his entire catalog over and over and over again. It's only like five albums. I'm and writing I'm still, this down now. Still check it out. He's actually got another album coming out. It's available for pre-order. I'm writing this now. down because not only because that sounds dope, but that is a great name also. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually associated with Buried Alive, the B-U-R-I-E-D, yeah. Buried Alive, but yeah, no, it's really so, awesome. What was it about the heavy side of the of music that attracted you to it then? I think that it's just a natural progression of curiosity. Like Everyone can play 4-4 four, four at 120 to 160 beats per minute. But like, what does it take as a human being? It's like the difference between like, um, uh, I I can't even name any boring classical artists, but like uh, Bach, like or something that's more advanced or something that's uh, like Brahm versus Bach. Yeah, I got you. So like, you have easy listening, and then you have stuff that's super intense and really hard to like pick apart. And even if you listen to it over and over and over again, the minutia of some music is just lost on some people. Exactly, It, it takes a lot to digest all of that in for sure. You know, like, listen to The Locust. How many times did you have to listen to Teenage Mustache before you understood what was going on? And then you develop a palette for it, and you say, okay, I get it faster, and then you listen to it, and it sounds... I don't want to say it sounds good to you, but it sounds so much more open and clean, whereas everybody listens to it is like, that's straight garbage. It's not even music. <laughs> I totally feel that. I got that a lot from my parents in high school. <laughs> that is for sure. 
So were you going to a lot of shows in high school and shit like that? No, or? I actually, uh, I, for how much I love music, I really have not been to the number of shows that would equate or be correlative. That people you know? would expect to. Yeah, I mean, it's like the I like it, but I just don't go out of my way to do it. I feel that. You know, like I just went to go see um, Windhand, and uh, it was at the at Will's was the last show I went to go see, and then before that it was uh modest mouse and before that was um, damn modest mouse was a minute ago wasn't it yeah that, that <laughs> is, and then before that was the flaming lips so which which what which time was that when you saw flaming lips the last time they were in florida last time they were in florida or in orlando in orlando damn which one was that where was that house at? of blues i was there i think yeah i'm pretty sure i was there so the the weird thing about that show and i'm not sure if you remember this like my f- i'm not a huge fan of them mm-hmm. um but i i went uh and uh, my favorite song that they've ever done is The Gash. Like, it's just got this really cool beat behind it. It's super open. Like, the drums are, like, really, really open and expansive. Um, I know the song exactly yeah, exa- because the, that's uh, that song actually is how I was introduced to the Flaming Lips because that song was used for one of my favorite skate parts ever in this uh, skate video called Fully Flared back in, like, 2007 or some shit. Yeah. So. so, when they, I don't know if you remember that. When they played that, that song during the show, it was, like, later on in the set. And it was not at all right. <laughs> it was just not there. They had the two drummers on stage, if you remember. Uh-huh. And there was two giant eyeballs and some lips on stage. And it just, I didn't even recognize it. You know, and so like maybe that's part of it for me. Like if you go see Dream Theater, yep, everything sounds like the album. It is perfect. I feel that. But Flaming Lips, it's more about the vibe. It's more about like it seeing, is. you know, Wayne Coyne dance around, all this cool theatrical stuff. And everyone's having a fun time. And like for me, music is the music, and I can imagine everything else. I feel that. And so I don't need to see Dream Theater because I don't need to see John Petrucci just play, and I don't need to see Flaming Lips because I don't care about confetti. I feel that. So it's like you're gonna get a lot of confetti there. That's for yeah, sure. It's a ton of confetti, and like I had a good time, but it's not something that I was like super obsessed with. I feel that, and that's that show specifically, Flaming Lips. Like it's cool to be able to say like, yeah, I did that. I I went and experienced the craziness that is a Flaming Lips show. Yeah. Boom. Nice. That's it. But it's not necessarily like something that was on my bucket list in the first place. Well, like, if you compare, and this is just my estimation, if you compare their entire canon versus the joy of seeing the show, the show is better. Boom. As a whole, no, as a Boom. whole, because I, I'm not a huge fan of their music. I have shots. <laughs> uh, Soft Bulletin is my favorite album. This has the gash on it. Feel that? You know, all you Flaming Lips fans out there, please direct <laughs> all hate mail towards this man across from me. Fine. I mean, <laughs> look, personal taste, whatever. Um, oh yeah, no, I could give a fuck less at all. What yeah, other yeah. people think? Everything is subjective. Yeah, I mean, music is one of those things where it's subjective to a point until you get to music theory, and then you can go. This is why pop music is amazing. You might not want to listen to it, but if you've ever heard Britney Spears' If You Seek Amy, like, from a production standpoint, from the harmonics, like, everything is so perfect and so clean, and, like, the people that play that stuff are very, very talented. You might think it's trash and total bubblegum garbage, but listen to it from a production standpoint. It's insane. And there's a reason that she's. they're all making way more money than any of the rest of us. <laughs> than that any of the SoundCloud sure. rappers. Yep. I grew up playing classical piano, so I totally understand the whole music theory idea. It's just yeah. like you can... I'm totally with that vibe, especially with the pop music thing. It's just like, yo, hate on it as much as you want. I don't personally listen to that shit. 
but I understand why it is where it is. In my old age, I have really, really fallen in love with like some pop music. Christina oh, Aguilera, Britney Spears. Yo, Christina's got pipes, dog. There's I don't no care about one. That. I'm listening to the music. Oh I well, fair like enough. That, like, okay, I fair get enough. Into like, like the polyrhythms that are present there and and are so underlaid and so like subtle. I don't think anyone's even listening to that part. I mean, the production is super intricate of all that yeah. shit. If you're if you take away all of their vocal tracks on any of those Christina or Britney albums and you just listen to the instrumentals, you will get a lot. That is yeah. for sure. There's a ton there, and there's a lot of influences that you can see. Like you can hear a bunch of like Alan Parsons. Mm-hmm. All those guys influence the studio musicians that are putting together the stuff for all this pop music. So you can listen to like re- like Frank Zappa is really really relevant compared to or like influencing pop music today. So does this mean we're gonna see you at the next Lady Gaga show that comes around town? Is this is this I mean new I like for- I unabashedly like Lady Gaga. That's what I'm saying. Is this new foray? But is this new foray into pop music the thing that's gonna actually get you to go out going to live shows? I mean, usually someone just suggests it and I go, okay. That's a no. <laughs> yeah, that's no, no, a no. no. If, some, if someone if someone says, Hey, do you wanna go see whatever show? I'll say yeah. I, I don't say no. Fair enough. I seem like it seems honestly to me though that as I'm just giving you shit about the live show thing, it seems that you're just like honestly a really busy dude. So I feel like I work a ton, but like after we've been open for a year and change now, and the it's starting to calm down. Like the it's more consistent. We understand when we're gonna be busy, when we're not. And like I'm down from ninety hours to fifty. Woo, buddy. And so it cost me a lot personally to open Orlando Meets. Like it really, really did a number on my personal life. But at the same time. You don't see it when you're in the thick of it. You just sort of assume that everything's going okay because you're focused on this one thing that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And like from the very beginning of my career, um, I met somebody really important and it was like, we're going to do this together. And I thought that that's what we were doing. So like I pushed everything at the at the peak of it, which was like 105 hours a week. Wow, dude. <laughs> but I honestly, I understand that life though. Yeah. Um, I haven't opened a... Well, actually, yes, I have. That's a lie. Um, I was working at the original Lazy Moon, the the very first the one. The one on University? Yes. Yeah. Before it got uh, closed down and the whole plaza got torn down, all that I'm gonna shit. I'm going to get some Lazy Moon after that. I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> um, and I was working at the original one, you know, and doing that whole thing with them. And when they reopened on University, the new one at UCF, next mm-hmm. to like World of Beer and all that shit. I haven't shit, been to that one. I was one of the, the first... Since I'd been working at the other one, I was one of the now like OG guys helping to open the store. And I remember that first week, man, those, no, not even the, just the first week, the first two weeks were just hell. Like 90 hour weeks, easy. And just working with, you know, new people, the rush of everybody coming in. Like it was just nonstop. It was one of those moments where as you're looking and you're, you're prepping items, like those, you can't even put those items you're prepping into the walk-in because those items are being taken from you as you're making them to be put on the line. Yeah, everything all a minute and you're so busy and yep. so crazy. Oh, yes. So I totally understand that. Well, vibe. this is the first one I've ever been at the helm of uh, to open. Completely different story. Well, it's, it's just, so So when uh, I helped to open Chocos, if you remember where that place is, now yes. it's where Domu is. Yep, yep. And I can remember hearing the owners uh, argue about like, when the bowls are going to show up, when this or that, and they go to auctions and they figure stuff out. And they were still trying to like find all the pieces parts. And um, it never, I just was like, oh, when I open a place, I- I'll have it figured out. 
And then, because you, you always try to learn from other people's mistakes, and I still love them. Henry and Michelle uh, were a really, really great influence on me. Um, but so now, flash forward to me opening this place, and Edgar and Seth and I had an argument for a week straight about what kind of silverware. Oh. We knew exactly where we were going to buy the silverware, <laughs> but it was like, do we get the black ones? The black ones might scrape. Do we get the shiny ones? But these might get dull. Do we bother getting anything polished? I don't want to polish it. Let's get it matte. That way, you know what I mean? It's going to look better for longer. Try to figure this out. How many sets do we need? And like, just the that argument lasted for a week. Like, no exaggeration, a week straight. And the two days before opening is finally when we got everything. So we decided on plates. and It's crazy to think that the, I guess for people looking from the outside in, wouldn't think that, you know, what we would think a tiny detail, what we would consider tiny like that wouldn't be that big a deal. But, you know, if you're, if you want an overall product to actually reach people and let people understand your vision... We argued about the minutiae of everything. So, like, when Seth and I had, we were running the Orlando Bison and then Sanford Bison, and at some point, we just started wearing shorts. This is just what it was. As you should have. I mean, in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, and we, we thought it was, like, a relaxed environment. Josh was okay with it, and everything was cool. And so, we were just used to it, and then we went to open Orlando Meats, and Edgar was like, you can't wear shorts in the kitchen. You have to wear a hat. And so, it was those two sticking points, and I said, look around town. All the respected chefs, nobody wears hats. Boom. The, the I'll give you the I'll wear pants, but I'm not wearing a hat. My my hair is too nice. I I hate hats. I I really despise hats. I was gonna say, people at home, he does have a lovely haircut. Beautiful. Just got it today. Top notch. Um. So he got it specifically for this podcast, I which did. you cannot see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't understand how radio works, but uh, yeah. So like arguing about certain things does help emotionally hammer out what you are as a restaurateur, as a cook, as any, any kind of cog in that machine, you know where you lie. Like uh, actually not related to my restaurant, but uh, when Sticky Rice first opened. Yes. Big fan of Sticky Rice. Shouts, Love Kevin. Shouts to them, man. So when they first opened, and I'm sure he'll be okay with me telling because the guy's long gone. So... Edgar, Seth, and I, we had just opened Orlando Meats and like everything was going good. We were stressed out, but like we started to take some like a, a night off and, and not talk about anything and then go and we went to Sticky Rice. I think it was like their second service that just opened. And the perception was so much different because Seth and I are all about food. We don't care. Service could be terrible. They could yell at us or not talk to us at all. It doesn't matter. The food has to be perfect. The food will speak for itself. Right. We're yep. good. But we get to the front of the line and Edgar is immediately furious and red-faced at how in, inept this uh, the guy at the cash register. Have you ever been to Sticky Rice? Like, it's it's not like service services. It's like we have. Yeah. And uh, it's like a cash register. And he couldn't figure anything out. He started talking about Pokemon and Harry Potter. Who? And like our whole order was fucked up. Everything was bizarre. And Edgar couldn't enjoy his meal because, because of that? he was so pissed off. <laughs> And and Seth and I d- didn't even register. We were just like just wolfing, and and the menu's still largely the same. I still remember they had the uh, the curry noodles. The curry is a chicken, some spicy chicken noodle soup. And I mean, how rough and rustic the noodles were. I can still remember that moment. Like Edgar left, and Seth and I stayed and ordered dessert. Like Damn. we we stayed and and just fucking got it. 
And it's so weird to look like that defines you who you are and how you are. You know what I mean? Like, do you care about service more than food? Do you is it are you somewhere in between like on that spectrum or do you not like I live like right by Little Saigon, like the, the Asian districts mm-hmm. in town. And you do not have to say anything to me. I will order any which way you want. You want the number? You want me to say the word? What you don't have to smile, just give me the water, hot tea, whatever I ordered, and we're done here. And then the check eventually. I feel you there, man. I'm kind of the same way, honestly. Like, as long as the food is speaking for itself, yeah. like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with getting... I, I won't say that I'm okay with getting over-the-top shit service. Like, that's obviously something different. There's but. a lot that I'll put up with if it's good food. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, okay, well, what are we speaking of specifically? Like, I mean, there- just general... If So, uh, like, imagine you get something and it's wrong. Like, the thing you ordered is not the thing you ordered or it's not right or whatever. I'll, if, as long as it still tastes good, I'll, I'll eat just it. eat it. Yep. You know? Because it's, it's, I'm here, we're doing this, I'm in the moment. Um, and it's it's incumbent upon the server if they if if I'm mad enough about it to say anything, what they do about it, because I don't want to have that exchange because I know they're busy. It's not that big of a deal to me. They're still going to, you know what I mean? It's whatever. So there's a few restaurants that I will say something, if, but it's restaurants that they're my friends, people that I know. I'll be like, hey, this is fucked up or whatever i feel that um but like in general no i'm not gonna say anything i'm right there with you honestly i get especially if i'm at an outing with friends and we're all having dinner together and if that i man i wish i could name her name there's this one person i know specifically every time it's oh there's something wrong without fail without fail there is something wrong i ordered sauce on side and can you and she makes the hugest deal about it. Just eat and, it. And, yo, every time. It'll be like little bitty things. Little tiny little things. And then in the situation where it comes out correct and everything is good, there's still something wrong with it. I always wanted to do like a longitudinal study where you find picky eaters as kids, like the kids that only eat chicken nuggets and fish sticks and fries and whatever. And then you follow their food habits. What percentage of them become let me speak to your manager type people <laughs> and what percentage of them go the opposite like almost like catholic schoolgirls. do they stay prudes do they while out <laughs> they just open up to yeah. the world <laughs> so like i mean i was never a picky eater like i was quite the opposite and i stayed that my whole way through but like so uh, edgar was a picky eater into adulthood until he met me and we forced him to eat so much shit and he thought he didn't like pickles, but really he just doesn't like cucumbers, which I'm still trying to break that one. Uh, he, he won't eat fish, but okay. I'm convinced that there's a fish that he just hasn't tried yet. Um, and so, like, it's exposure therapy almost. But, like, you have to be open enough and willing enough to experiment with that. And I think it's a trust that he gave me that, like, allowed him to be okay. But how many people will go from the cradle to the grave <laughs> essentially <laughs> saying chicken breast, broccoli, Maybe, maybe broccoli. Yeah, maybe. Ketchup, well done burger, uh, scrambled hard eggs, any of that. God. Ranch on everything nonsense. I can't stand when people put ketchup on like their rice and shit. I'm like, oh my God, dude. What kind of ketchup are we talking about though? I mean, we're t- I, I'm not a ketchup person. I, I don't eat ketchup. It's it's not like, like a thing. There's like banana ketchup and stuff that's real good. I didn't rice. even know this was a thing, yeah, honestly. Super good. Okay, so if we're talking about in my background of, okay. you know, Puerto Rican, Boricua culture, we're just talking about straight high fructose corn syrup. Heinz 57. Heinz 57. You already know. Or even worse, Hunts. You have to- I don't think any. I don't think any Puerto Ricans even know what Hunts is in the first Thank place. Thank God. You guys have it easy now. <laughs> it's either, it's like, it's either 
completely at the bottom with your great value ketchup or it's Heinz. I'm, I'm feeling like it's one of the two. I feel like Hunt's is the the bargain ketchup. And they're also probably the one that makes the, the crappy generic brand. The great value ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, like I said, I don't I'm not a big ketchup eater. I've, I've never been picky either. Honestly, man. Like, I mean, I feel like American ketchup is a little too sweet. Um the stuff that you like develop with a more Asian palate is really, really high acid, and that's that's really good. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Like any Asian dressing is oh, super high acid, oh like God, really balanced yes. fat, like right amount of salt. Yeah. I mean, they don't tend to make weak stuff, except for Japanese are really subtle. But I think you can get over that real quick. So when was like the first moment you kind of discovered like I have an affinity for food that might not be a regular love? Um. I mean, one of my earliest memories is getting food poisoning from eating oysters. Okay, that's an interesting way to Hold start it. this up. Still love oysters. <laughs> they did not sour me on it at all. Um, I think I was probably too young to make the connection. It's only as an adult that I understand that. Gotcha. Um, but no, I think the, the biggest defining moment, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, um, at one point I wanted to learn how to cook, and I was helping around in the kitchen, and then um, my mom kind of let me take the reins, and she got a big... Uh, a London broil cut, right, from Publix. Okay. And I don't know what possessed me, but I wanted so bad to put Cheetos dust <laughs> and sear the steak in Cheetos <laughs> dust. And she was like, you're not fucking doing that. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't say fuck. But she's like, you're not doing that. There's no way I'm letting you ruin the steak. And to this day, I still think it's a great idea. I was going to say, has this not? have you not done it yet? I, I So <clears throat> the only way I know how to get Cheetos dust with actually, without actually trying to buy Cheetos is you can get it like um uh what's the place bulk bulk nation oh okay you can get cheeto dust like literally cheeto powder are you serious yeah and that would be the way to do it dude bulk nation has fucking everything man yeah. jesus i seriously they've got cheeto dust like in a bin there yeah we used to um we used to make cheeto dust like style um Mornay, which is a cheese sauce. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. At the bison, yeah. Yo, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Now that you've okay. put this out there, right. people are going to expect, if not even for, not even to be made in the restaurant, people Seared are going to expect, yes, at least some picture on social media of you enjoying a Cheeto dust seared London broil. What actually might be good is like uh, get a um, something that you can sear on two sides instead of all sides, something that's tall enough, mm -hmm. and then sear it on the uh the top and bottom and then roll it in cheeto dust and finish oh. it in the base oh my god so you get like a crust <laughs> of both directions yeah, this actually doesn't sound terrible it's, though it's a good concept i i was too young to think about it but like examining it now cheetos have msg cheetos mm. are salty yeah they're rounded um they have a cheesy flavor yep. the, it goes perfectly with the meat imagine uh cheeto flavored mashed potatoes and steak that's the same and you're just moving the Cheeto around. I agree. But you could imagine <laughs> yeah. Cheeto mashed potatoes, and that sounds awesome. People at home, you, you're not you're not on these lines of innovation. I'm just <laughs> gonna say this right now. Like, but I, I honestly think it's just like just being a fat kid and saying like I'll try anything once. We tried. Uh, actually, Seth, I think figured it out. Was uh, caramel and roast beef is amazing. I would never think that. It's so good. I mean, I love fucking caramel already. But make a roast beef sandwich. Put caramel on it. Okay, shit. Awesome. So you were a fat kid. I mean, I'm still kind of chubby. I don't think you, you don't can be chubby. thin. You don't look chubby, bro. No. I'm you just, look. I think you look good. Oh, From a man so. to another man, I think you look great. No. 
I mean, I saw your six pack earlier, so I really can't hold up. Yeah, no, but that's only because I have the highest metabolism of anybody I know. Like, I cannot gain weight to save my life whatsoever. Yeah, I will I mean, for forever. I know it's a it's a huge problem. I know. Yeah, everybody <laughs> fucking hates it. But uh, I I literally like I went to the gym for a year straight. We're mm-hmm. talking in the gym five days a week, three protein shakes a day, like doubling up on the protein shakes too. We're talking double scoops, eating more than I've ever eaten in my life during that period. Didn't gain a fucking pound. My dad's the same way. He's crazy, man. Like, because my dad, he was the same way when he was a kid, but he was like, oh, when I got to 23 years old, you know, filled out. Yeah. It just all hit all at once. And then boom, I was good. I'm 28 now and I'm still fucking way bloomer. Yeah. Until 33. Apparently. Yo, I I know it, dude. Jesus is age. (laughs) Make them harder for for them to nail you up. Yeah, exactly, right? You know, you know. <laughs> they might not even see me, honestly, to nail me up. That's, uh, so, growing up, like, as a, I suppose, like, a, as a kid who wasn't picky at all or whatever, it's easy for you to get accustomed to trying different foods already from a young age. So, what kind of, what kind of different foods are you getting into? Now? Well, no, like, oh. as a, like, as a kid growing up. Like, oh, I mean, like, uh, I have a lot of memories where I would just get an idea in my head and I would request it. My mom would be like, all right. Yeah. Like I remember shark as a, I was before I was 10 years old. So you were already just getting random ideas like that. Yeah. Just like, I wonder what this tastes like. And then I didn't know. So I have a lot of Asians that were either adopted or married into my family. So I didn't know that you normal people didn't eat Vietnamese and like actual Chinese, not New York style. Gotcha. You know, um, at one point my mom was really sick with pneumonia and we had a nanny just for like a couple weeks and she made pho and she made, um, you know, spring rolls and dumplings. And it was like, okay, I guess we're just doing this now. Ooh, that and, sounds um, amazing. No, it's great. I mean, not the sick mom part, but the, yeah, yeah, no, the no, food for part sure. was awesome. And um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I was always sort of yes-anding. Like, all of my experiences have been really great. There's not a lot that I don't like to eat. It was only, and, and I think in adulthood, I finally was like, I'm going to stop eating Pop-Tarts and fast food. I'm probably like 17 or 18. Like that was the end of that. And then um, actually focus on refining my palate and like getting something good. I feel that. I was going to say with you mentioning like the real Chinese food versus like your New York City Chinese food. Yeah. I was in a, a great Chinese establishment the other day here. Like the, What's it called? Oh, fuck. I can't remember the name of it. It's the one right next to Publix right on 50. Tasty Walk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so I'm in there, and I'm waiting for my food, and I saw two people come in, and they looked in at the menu, and they didn't see like anything along the lines of what their regular Chinese food expectations would be, and they just walked right out, like immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, was like, hmm. I was like, can you not smell what's going on back there? Like, that smells like fucking heaven, honestly. The first time I walked in a Tasty Walk and saw, um, it was uh, duck tongues, and then right below it was pig ears. And then Da Chang, which is pig intestines. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Yep, we're here. <laughs> and um, I, when they when Peter sold it, um, he now has a Peter's Bistro. Peter's B- yeah, guy. on uh, 50 also, right? Yeah, I like Peter's Bistro now better. It's more consistent. But I still haven't been. I still have to go. Everybody's been telling me it's awesome. Go for dim sum. Don't eat any of the white people shit. Boom. Heard dat. That's how you do it. Heard dat. Yeah. Not to, you know, not to cast shade on the other two people that were there in Tasty Walk, but they were white people. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Well, it's just like Ming's. You, people did from- you ever go to Ming's back in the day? No, I don't think so. Ming's used to have, like, legit 
uh, Cantonese style and dim sum. Like it was really, really good. And then I got sold at some point and the hottest thing they had in the house after that was sriracha. And I was like, all right, we're done here. Okay, that's no point. That place before when they, the original owners had the, the second or third spiciest chicken dish I've ever had in my entire life. To the point where no one else would eat it at the table. Damn. And it had like it was just a, a thigh that had been chopped up into like four pieces with the bone still in. And so you had to work around it and it was getting all over your mouth and your lips. Oh, so it, it was, gets everywhere and it's yeah, spicy. It was oh. So amazing. <laughs> the only hotter food I've had that like besides what I make myself is like I had a Szechuan meal in Paris in Opera. And then um I when I dare people at Chuan when I dare the cooks at Chuanlu to make it crazy for me. Ah, I gotcha. Okay, so here's a a question I have now because this has only been a thing I've had to deal with in the past couple years getting older. I fucking love spicy food. Good. My body now does not love spicy food anymore. Like, it is not a good thing for me to ingest. And good God, all I want to do is eat spicy food. But it is just... What is the... Without being indelicate, what's the issue? I mean, we're talking. I mean, I'm pretty, pretty forthright on this show. I mean, we're we're talking like a good day and a half of just nothing but pressure. Really? And oh yeah, like in, in oh, that's not a common problem. Extreme though. pressure. I thought you were just gonna say spicy butthole. Oh no, I mean that definitely comes with it as well. Right. But you know, but we're no, we're talking like extreme pressure, extreme bloating. Like just, that might be what you're eating alongside the spicy. Okay, true that. So, like, if it's, like, really heavy in, like, tofu and you're not, you can't handle that, or if it's, like, the ingredients aren't great. Well, the broccoli can do that to you. And really? Arugula, arugula can really fuck up your stomach. Interesting. I Some people are, like, uh, in, like, are really sensitive to those kinds of, like, rough greens and, like, uh, cociferous plants. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had any problems with greens before. I've definitely had... Um, now, I'm not trying to be this person like jumping on the whole gluten craze or whatever, oh. but I've definitely in the past two years, that shit fucks with me too, man. Really? That shit in the other way, like it just ties me up like a knot. If I eat dough or bread or anything like that, I can't, can't shit. I'm the opposite. I, I did keto for three weeks and my friend Jess was doing it at the same time with her boyfriend. Uh-huh. All three of us were kind of, we didn't try to, it just happened that way. And, and her and I are both of Italian descent, at least partially. And we were like, my stomach's fucked up. And <laughs> and Phil, her boyfriend, was fine. He's from the islands, yep. right? And he was fine. He was I mean, he's obvious he's already like cut and whatever. Um, but it didn't bother him at all. Both of our stomachs were fucked up from not eating carbs. As soon as we ate pasta, fine. Right back to normal. Yeah, like I need I need simple carbs or whatever the the bad one is i guess i just need it <laughs> like my body's adapted to it i feel that it's almost like you know how your body has a thc receptors yeah. or whatever you've got pasta receptors yeah you gotta put weed in there you gotta put <laughs> pasta in there yeah I, I just don't know and i say that i always say this afterwards i fucking love bread I love dough. I love pasta. I'm not one of those people that's like, ew, gluten. It's not that at all. Like, I want to eat this food. It's another thing, too, like, um, that we've actually experienced in our restaurant. But you hear a lot of people that say, oh, we were over in France or we were over in England or somewhere in Europe or, I mean, Scandinavia, doesn't matter, where they're like, I can totally eat the bread over there. But when I come over here, my stomach's tied in knots and I can't. Well, you know why that is, right? Because you're eating garbage. Yep. If you eat Marita bread or Wonder bread or any of that stuff, they use the worst flour that's bleached. It still contains pesticides, which is a lot of what people think they're gluten intolerant, but they're really allergic to the pesticides. Yep. 
So buy really, really good flour, make it yourself, do it right. Exactly. And that's, but that's where I know that I differ from those people because mm-hmm. I've, I mean, for a good, good period of time now, like ever since I came to Orlando, like almost 10 years ago now, I pretty much since then, that was kind of when I shifted into, okay, I'm going to refine my palate now also and make sure that I'm actually eating well, watching what I put into my body because your, your body's only going to give you back what you put into it. Right. So I tried to make sure like when the, the bread thing started happening with me, I thought like the same thing. I was just like, hmm, maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe it's some of the, the bread that I've been eating. So then I switched to just like, you know, like local bakeries straight up, like talking to them, making sure what was going on. And it was just the same shit. Not so, to tell tales out of school, but commercial grade flowers can vary greatly. And like, especially now they just started putting mandatory on all uh, commercial flowers. Do not eat this raw because it can contain all kind of poison and nonsense. <sighs> it's like, what is going on here? <sighs> uh, yeah, this is this is bad news. Like we use uh, we use King Arthur. Gotcha. Sir Galahad. It's the same thing, but commercial version, and uh, it's non-bleached, non-brominated, organic, blah blah blah. And that seems to be the best thing that we can that money can buy, um, and except for milling it ourselves. Yeah. And um, but you look, go into the store, and look at what people are buying. You know, in the little five-pound sacks, and the stuff that they do to this is is terrifying it's it's more terrifying to me than when that whole pink slime came out and everyone's like oh it's exposed to pneumonia and blah, blah blah that's horrible don't get me wrong it's really bad but all the stuff we're doing to the wheat from the ground up is horrible too and then it gets processed and all the stuff monsanto gets their hands in it definitely. they're the devil definitely so it's like i mean i i feel like if you just watch half of the netflix documentaries about the 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 horrible stuff that goes on in, in commercial food uh, production, you should want to stop doing it. Agreed. You know, like uh, watch Cooked, watch Ugly Delicious and Food Inc. and all this other stuff. Like, okay, I'm done, you know? Which is why I fuck with you guys so heavy because, I mean, it says it right when you come in. Like, we have a set amount of... We have a mile radius around us where we get our food from. Like, yeah. this is... this is You're not getting anything else from beyond those limits. Well, not only like it's 150 miles, but not only that, but we've all been to the farms and we are in constant communication with the farmers. So like, so it's Jordan, a deeper relationship than yeah. just like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, ordering some food from this person out here. Well, like, uh, so Jordan from Sugar Top, it's where we get most of our vegetables from. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, like, I'll call him Saturday morning or he'll call me like, hey, I've got this coming from the market. I've got an overabundance of this. And we're like, oh yeah, we'll take it. You know, so it's a constant thing. It's not like I'm ordering out of a catalog. The same thing, Jan, uh, with Florida, Florida Fresh Meat Company, which is like where we get most of our meat from. Um, if I order half a cow or one and a half cows or whatever, he'll call me and say, oh, this cow is a little small. Do you want more? You know what I mean? So it's not just like it's not standardized. It doesn't come in a box. The cow comes in four pieces. So it's a, a whole cow, about 800 pounds, split into four pieces. Jesus. <laughs> uh, and then we break it from there. And the same thing, chickens are whole, head on, feet on, ducks, same, pigs. Pigs come in half. So it's it's enough for one man to carry. It's about 90 pounds. Gotcha. Man, yeah. that is so crazy. Well, well, let's get into that in, in a little bit more. I just wanted to touch really fast just with the process thing. Like I saw something, somebody posted on uh, on some social media today. Uh, somebody posted a picture of, I guess, what would be your typical English breakfast. You know, yeah. it was like bacon, beans, and eggs. Blood sausage. Yep. And somebody was commenting, and it was just like, 
oh, like, you know, this looks like shit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the person who posted it was like, nah, man, like, this is just a typical English breakfast. This is good as hell. And when the person responded, they were like, if that was really that good, then why aren't the British, like, as fat as Americans are? And that's when I jumped in and I was like, because they're not processing all of their shit like we are. And sugar is a huge part of that too, yeah, it's man. Horrible. There was I can't remember what it was, but it just came out that um, the sugar industry fought to suppress evidence that sugar was worse for you than than high fat, and that it caused linked to heart disease and stroke and all that other stuff. Yep. Human beings are built to eat fat, animal fats. Yep. Human beings are not built to eat refined sugar because that stuff is new. Exactly. You know what I mean? We just got in that game. You know. What, a thousand years ago? Yep. And your body, when you put it in, it's like, what the fuck do we do with this? But it's delicious. <laughs> and at the same time, your body is evolutionarily uh, built to seek the the greatest caloric reward for the minimal amount of effort. Yep. So a cake, your body in, in your GABA receptors is saying, reward, reward, reward. You need this cake. So you can't really fault anybody. It tastes <laughs> delicious on purpose. At the same time, don't do it. Most definitely. So... Getting into when you came back to Orlando and whatnot, mm-hmm. how did you get the idea to, or how did you get involved with the Bisons then? So uh, my friend Peter Lee Summers was the sous chef at the time in Orla- in the Orlando Bison, and they actually had just opened the Sanford Bison, and I wasn't happy in Ocean Reef, which is the in Key Largo. It's a mm-hmm. billionaires club. It's insane. I'm not even sure how much I'm allowed to talk about that. Fair enough. Like I met. I met the most rich people I've ever conceived of on like the first and second day. I met. Um, the the Seattle Blackhawks they they Damn. brought the Stanley Cup into the restaurant that I was working Jesus, at and they man. just set it down on the table. They have a helicopter on their yacht, just casual. Yeah, <laughs> I have a picture with it, like all clean shaven and young. And uh, <laughs> and I mean, like there's there's people there uh, that like I'm sure I'm not allowed to say who they are. I mean, I'll tell you off air, or whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, I won't. It's illegal. Yeah, of course but, not. Uh, yeah, no. But no, it's it's you're treated like a second class citizen and 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 it's terrible. The worst part for me though was that the food was bad. For how much money they spent, the food was terrible. I was about to say, like, hopefully you were getting some like good no. I don't know, experience the or first, anything. Like the, the most popular dish on the entire resort was Snapper Franchise, which is like a super nineteen seventies breaded and pan fried fillet of snapper. The second most very innovative popular, <laughs> the second most popular dish on the entire island because it was on every single menu. Chicken nuggets from Cisco, oh, like chicken tenders from Cisco, pre fried. Just throw it in the fryer, finish it off. Yo. I'm sure I'm gonna get sued for this, but whatever. It's true. Um, yeah, I think we had a ten million dollar a month credit with Cisco at that location. Good God, there's almighty. eleven restaurants there. Jesus, um, dude. But anyways. Uh, so I was very unhappy. Uh, my wife was very unhappy. And uh, so I made a call and he said, yeah, come down. We got a spot for you. And the guy I replaced was le- leaving like literally a week later. Um, and it just worked out perfectly. And um, yeah, the the rest is like I, I got in good with Josh and uh, he let me do whatever I wanted, either through either through him you know, being super busy and like not checking in on me and, and no good, no news is good news. You know what I mean? I wasn't getting in trouble. Yeah. And, um, but like Seth and I took off, um, I took over the suit position, I think two months after I got there. And, um, yeah, I built a fermentation cage in the office Damn. and I started doing charcuterie and, um, yeah, 
Were you already butchering animals before you got to the bison, or was I that? St- I learned how to butcher large animals at the bison pigs, but I already knew how to do fish and chicken and gotcha. other, you know, that kind of stuff. How is that process like when you're first starting out with the butchering of animals? Because I mean, it's not something that's like weird to me at all. Like I know a lot of people are like, eh. it's like no, so man, like it has to do with that defining line for me, that line in the sand of alive, dead. Okay. So in the book, uh, Sean Brock's book, Heritage, he raises pigs and he had to go emotionally take those pigs to Slaughterhouse and he watched that happen like for the first time or whatever. I'm not there yet. I can't stomach the idea of watching an animal die in, in real life. I feel bad. Like I've said it a million times now. I feel bad when I cook clams and the clams open up because it looks like they're waking up, but they're actually dying. Uh, like it's horrible. And like, I mean, but I don't feel bad about popping oysters open for whatever reason. It's a, I guess it's context. Weird dichotomy. Okay. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing too. <laughs> yeah. Um, popping a clam and whatever. But, um, so, but at the same time once, and I couldn't stand to like shoot a pig in the head, but once that pig is dead, the spark of life is gone and I, it doesn't even seem like the same thing. I know it's the same thing intellectually, but emotionally it feels so different. And like bringing in even the, the half pigs and seeing a pig's face, look at you. You're like, ah, oh, that's not a live pig. It's, it's a different thing. It just feels different. I will say first thing in the morning going into a cooler, uh, when the original butcher was there, he had a habit of hanging the heads at about head height. <laughs> So at 4.30 in the morning, turning on the light in the in the walk-in and walking in and there's two or three pig heads hanging at, I'm short, so it's like my height. It's just, that's really unsettling. <laughs> but other than that. I kind of understand too, because growing up in a Puerto Rican culture, like I said, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pork in that community, you yeah. know, a lot of pernil, a lot of lechon, a lot of that stuff. So I grew up seeing, you know, dead pigs as well all the time, but I haven't had that same experience of actually being there yeah, when, when the pig is it. yeah when the pig is is killed so they do not go down without a fight really uh, it depends on context like so <clears throat> i know pigs can be some nasty motherfuckers well the breed matters and the context matters so like the way it's done where we get our pigs from is actually the most humane like temple grandin style i don't know mm-hmm. if you know who she is She's a not. she's a uh, animal rights advocate that developed a way to slaughter the most humane way, so the animals don't really see it coming. It's like essentially they have one bad day and it's over. You know gotcha. what I mean? So they don't don't have stress. It actually makes the meat better. But um, so with pigs, what they do is they take the place where they're gonna shoot them in the head, like to quarantine them off, mm-hmm. and they take the hay from their natural bedding, so it already smells like home. Whatever they get them comfortable, they bring them over there segregate them from the rest in the head and then hang them up and slit their throat and drain the blood. Like I didn't know this until I started at Orlando meets, but like the, the, you know, Anton Chigurh from no country for old men where he pushed the piston. Apparently that's really bad. Really? Like inhumane because it'll miss the brain a lot or it wouldn't scramble the thing, but a bullet will go in and knock around enough to put him down. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's all real. That's gross. a very strong visual too, because I literally just watched that movie again like two weeks ago. It's a really amazing. Film. Oh god, that movie's so good, dude. Yeah, apparently that's not the best way to do it. Bullet. I, I wish I could make my hair to be like that, dude. Honestly, super silky smooth. Yes, yes. I'm saying. I'm just saying. I could. I could probably make it happen. I need a flat iron though, for sure. 
I was going to say, you'd be much closer than myself. My hair's real wavy. When mine grows out, I mean, I had huge dreadlocks before this. I just cut them off like six months ago. So mine is very, very coarse. Mm. It's nappy. Lock it up. Yeah, yeah. So what were we talking about? The oh, We were talking about slaughtering and the oh, butcher. Yeah, butchering. so <clears throat> the, um, as long, like, those animals, and I can't impress upon this enough, is like, those animals live better than like 80% of humanity. Like it's it's sad to say it like that, but that's true. Like, they they want for nothing. They're cared for. They have the best diet physically possible for them. They hang out in familial units, and they get shot in the head, which is a better death than most of us get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. You don't die sickly in the hospital, surrounded by a bunch of sad people. You don't. You know what I mean? A car you, accident. You don't even know it's coming. Yeah, it's just over with. Um, and it's macabre for sure, but that's, <laughs> but that's preferable to, you know, dying of cancer, heart attack, stroke, Almost definitely. whatever in the prime of your life. And it's the pearly gates, man. I agree. So at the bison, how mm. long were you at the bison for then? A uh, year and eight months. Word. Between both restaurants. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you miss it? Those kitchens are a lot of where I found my voice of like freestyle and and understanding like how polyphenols work and like flavor profiles that are, are not necessarily like normal um and it was a free space that allowed me to do what i want to do um that being said it was never that we never had the right equipment which helped develop who i am like doing everything gorilla style and figuring out how to like break a fridge in just the right, right way so that sausage adversity builds character man exactly um, i mean as you can see my shit just like literally i was just talking about the other item that did this <laughs> and how it just shit out on me two weeks ago and now in the middle of this episode this one shit out on me so it's like yeah dude that, that's just how it works like always show must go on exactly man yeah i mean there's no there's no way to stop once it starts like service or, or like starting a dish. You just have to let it go. And I think too many people are concerned about failure or being wrong or not being good enough. So they just they don't ever start or they'll take it to a safe place. How many times have you seen a caprese salad on a menu? That stuff was old when I was a baby. It's yeah. delicious. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'll eat a caprese salad if it's brought to me. But like, think about how many degrees of separation you are. A caprese salad in Florida where our tomatoes aren't great in the first place unless you get really good tomatoes and you only get them, you know, for how many months a year? Twice. You get them in the fall and in uh, in spring. So dead of summer, dead of winter, those tomatoes are not from here. Caprese's out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just even then, like, where are you getting your basil from? Where are you getting, you know, is your mozzarella fresh true. or is it just from a tub? It's all very true. So we've kind of trained ourselves to accept mediocrity without even knowing it. You know what I mean? Like, so, and, and to bring it back to the whole very, slaughter thing. very interesting point. The cows that we get are fed on, like, rotating fields where they'll get millet, they'll get rye, they'll get clover, and they'll get uh, perennial peanut and all this other stuff. So they they have, like, a tasting menu of grasses that helps, like, uh, you know, change their flavor profile. It helps, like, the right minerality, the right everything else. And then as a human being, you go you go and you get, like, really poor quality flour you're getting stuff shipped two three thousand miles away we live in florida a peninsula how many places have salmon on the menu that salmon is not from within a thousand miles of here real shit yeah so it's like you can get you know what's even weirder when i lived in the grand canyon you can get fresher salmon in the desert 
in the Grand Canyon than you can get it in Florida. That's crazy to me, man. Yeah. That's so crazy to me. I had really amazing um, salmon sashimi in uh, in Arizona, in Flagstaff. That is super fucking random. It's right there, though. <laughs> that makes the sense. West Coast Ocean, and boom, right there. It's definitely, less than a day's travel. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. I'm definitely like kind of weird with seafood myself just because I grew up in Pensacola, like right on the beach and all that shit. You know, like I'm definitely a, a fish nerd when it comes to that. I honestly don't really eat seafood in, Why? in Orlando. Because I like my fish fresh. I like my fish being caught like 20 to 40 minutes beforehand and then killed right there. And taken, cleaned and taken care of and then cooked up. I mean, I think it's a gradient. I think it's a scale. You know what I mean? That's just because how that's just how I grew up. It's yeah, like fair it's I, I was kind of just I guess uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um why can't I think of why can't I think of the word? Purist? Not a snob. purist. Uh, yeah, let, let's say let's say snob, yes. Yeah, definitely snobby about it for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, but it's like I mean I'll I'll eat it, you know, I will eat seafood here in Orlando, but I will always have that thought in the back of my head. I'm just like, hmm, I don't know exactly where this came from. Well, I don't I know mean, who caught this. Though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's all just a matter of where you're going to eat specifically and making sure that you know what's going on, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to give that thought to that shit. I just want to be able to like walk down to a pier and be like, yo, boom, let me get that <laughs> one right there that you just caught. I'm going to bring this over to my man's. He going to fillet me up. You know what has surprisingly fresh seafood for being such a terrifying place for freshness sometimes? You're about to surprise me. I feel it. So it used to be called Mia, but it's called iFresh now. It's the old Winn-Dixie. It's the Asian market. Now. Oh, I know what you're They're talking like live about. Live frogs and shit in there. Yeah. Like I, I'll buy my staples there all day. I won't buy meat there, obviously. Yeah, don't. But no, their, don't do that. their fish selection is fairly well awesome. I've never gotten a bad fish. I did accidentally buy a rotten chicken there once. I was going to say, man, I, 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 uh, yeah, my ex, she had some uh, some interesting meat from one of those places a year or two ago. Questionable. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it was meat, if we're, if we're being completely honest. And uh, that was the last uh, first and last time that that happened. But I'm going to have to take your recommendation here for the fish, yeah. though. Because you can, uh, literally, you can see, like, the eyes are clear, everything's good. That's what's up. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not from anywhere, and they're not going to blow extra money. Gotcha. You know. Makes sense. So and what? They have gooey duck and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So there you go. I'm gonna have to slide through. All right. So what gave you the ideas, or you and your your partners, to begin Orlando Meats? I actually met Edgar. We were already trying to. Seth and I were already trying to do our own restaurant, and um, we weren't having much success getting the money, or we had a place, and or we didn't have a place. We had money, or whatever, and it just wasn't working out. And then. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat in the oh, mic. No, you're fine, man. But um, People at home can deal with it. All yeah. right? We're human beings. So one of my friends had already signed on to work for Orlando Meats. Um, and I was like, tell Edgar I'll talk to him. I'm interested. You know what I mean? Because nothing was happening for me. And we were at the Bison, and we were happy. But it was time to like grow, expand, get bigger. Um, you're getting that bug to do your own thing, too. I mean, we had been doing our own thing. I, Josh yelled at me quite a bit for doing. I feel that fair enough. You know what I mean? Like it's it comes a point where my voice had differentiated itself so much from his that it had developed a schism. Like even personally, we were having trouble. Gotcha. Um, and and it's not it's no fault of either of us. It was just time. Yes. You know, a year yeah, yeah. and eight months is a long time. Um, so 
professionally speaking. Yeah, especially uh, in the hospitality industry, man. Yeah. Like the ho- the hospitality industry has such extremes of highs and lows in it. I mean, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, for boutique restaurants, it's between a year and three years is a tenure of your average like salaried cook. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. that's management. Um, and uh, so I had, I had a general clip of like a year, and I would move on, and that's the longest I'd stay anywhere. Um, so it was time to go. I met with Edgar and <clears throat> one of the biggest things was I think he had like a standard idea of answers that he was looking for. And he said, you know, how would you cook this? Was, I think it was a pork chop or something. And I was like, I'm not fucking cooking pork chops here, man. <laughs> I'm going to cook. I'm going to cook off cuts because that's how this model makes sense. We're going to use ground beef. We're going to use rounds because nobody buys it. We're going to, you know, pork belly or whatever until it sells. Everything that the butcher shop can't sell in the case is what I'm cooking, you know? Most definitely. I'm going to take everything I can and sell it this way because people either don't have the time, the energy, or the forethought to do all this stuff. So I'm going to do it, and they're going to buy it, you know? And that's, um, <clears throat> there's a book called Restaurant Restaurants by the Numbers or something similar to that. Um, it was really transformative for me when uh, the concept of better option over home, which is people will spend more money to have dinner prepared for them as long as they can justify it by not having to cook dinner for themselves. So there's a there's a golden area of uh, price per meal that you can achieve. And as long as you're in there, people will always choose to eat your food over making food themselves. Yeah, I could probably, uh, probably vouch for the validity of that statement. Right. And we've become a culture that doesn't necessarily cook for ourselves as often. And so many mediocre restaurants have capitalized upon it. So it's very true. We've entered into this. Um, I think what we've done is actually make something that is incredibly unique available to people that can can start to appreciate how unique it is. Like you've had our burger and people freak out about how delicious the burger is, but I don't know that people concern themselves as to why. The animals that we get are just better. Like from, you know, you start with the ingredients, but like it's like if you started a race with a Honda Civic versus start a race with a a Maserati or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, Maserati (laughs) takes it. But people don't think in those terms because ground beef is ground beef to most people. Exactly. Because they've never seen different qualities. Exactly. You know? Um, if you've only ever seen Honda Civics your whole life, you just see oh, that's that Maserati is like a weird Honda Civic, right? I had an interesting kind of realization <clears throat> about you guys way before you even opened when because I'm a frequenter of, you know, that area and mm. little cultural things around the area. And you guys happen to be between like two of my favorite spots, which are, you know, Santiago's and the Matador. Right. So I would always be like, you know, I got friends that work in the Matador or whatever. I'd be going to get drinks. And then when those signs appeared in the window it's like you know coming soon like orlando meets i was like the fuck is that about but in my mind i'm already thinking if it's going to be between matador and santiago's it's got to be dope like there's no way it's not going to be dope because like these these are already two like ill spots right here for them to have this real estate right here it obviously is going to mean something so already i was getting no parking I was like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Look, somebody buy the surrounding area and build a parking garage, please. Yo, I get every time I go over there, I'm I'm already 
scouting out the other spots to where I'm going to park because I know as soon as I go in the back, more than likely I, I will have one spot to choose from, if not any. You so, take, like take like three chips around. Yeah, like I, I do a full circle around the entire building to see where I'm going to park if there's not a spot back there. Yeah. So then as soon as I go out in the back, I look, I'm like, oh, boom, I'm done. I know exactly where I'm going. Boom, I'm parked, I'm in. But yeah, it, there's you know. a couple little secret spots and side streets that you can hit. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what I do. But yeah, it's it's out of control. I mean, like for how popular those three establishments are, there, I think there's like twenty parking spots or something ridiculous. It's crazy. And then obviously, you know, when it gets to well, I guess you guys close, you know, around seven and whatnot. No, we close at ten. Really? Yeah, we we do late night now. Oh really? Yeah, it's oh. been like a huge. Buddy, huge thing for us you just oh man oh boy that's i mean late for night me. is for us late night. yeah yeah no but dinner yeah it's, okay so then that still does play into you because when it get i know when it gets to later on at night what is it like five or six and santiago's takes those few spots on the side yeah. for the valet parking too well there's so the weird thing is i feel like we should coordinate almost like a ride share but a park share type situation so uh, we're busy in the morning before Santiago's opens. And then once lunch hits, we're both busy and the place is jam-packed. Mm-hmm. And around 2 to 3, we both clear out. So everybody that normally eats a little earlier, if some people could figure it out and come a little later between 2 and 3, there's parking spots up until about 4 or 5 when Santiago's fills up again. So like we need to almost be like, you remember in lunchtime and in middle school and high school where there was multiple lunches? I don't oh, know yeah. if you were in a school that big. Oh yeah. Like so yeah, so you have lunch A, lunch B, lunch C. Yeah, like, buddy. Let's all agree that some people that live downtown or that live in this section of town are just gonna take lunch between two and three. <laughs> some people are gonna take lunch and so that, that solves the parking problem because everybody trying to go between twelve forty five and two o'clock in the afternoon. No one's learned this. We need to get a parking petition going around these just parts. Figure it out. Yeah, man. But like when, like I was saying, yeah, when I first saw those signs and everything, just with the real estate of where you guys are going to be, I immediately off the bat was intrigued. I was like, okay, this looks interesting, especially since it said, you know, like, you know, there weren't a lot of details, but it said like restaurant slash butcher shop. So I was just like, oh shit, like that's okay. I can get down with this. And then obviously as soon as you guys opened, I came in and tried and I was just like, okay, this is the truth right here, yo. I mean, it's one of those things that came together without anyone actually understanding the gravity of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we, we thought in terms of scale, like, okay, there's Fleischer's, there's Salt and Time, there's uh, the Meat Hook, there's a few, there's a bunch of places that are similar to what we're doing, but we're so small, it's such a small um, scope of uh, products that we have, like our menu-wise, and we don't do steak. Right. We're not just putting out steaks. So it's like, how do we option all this stuff and what can we bring to the table? Well, Seth and I specialize in pasta, fermentation, charcuterie, making our own cheese. Uh, So it's like we can do all this stuff better than we can buy for the same price. You know what I mean? And so we're putting out stuff uh, like pastas that no one can do. I mean, I'm not trying to be egotistical here, but it's like. You have like Luma, Prado, the Ravenous Pig, and then us like just underneath it. And those are the only places that are doing their own pasta really until what set opens up the place that Trina's opening. Gotcha. Seven Bites Lady. She's going to do her own pasta, but like, and, and Domu does their own pasta, but it's like a different feel. Exactly. Um, But yeah, there's not a lot of people, places that are doing the right thing stem to stern. And so 
I set out, like I didn't know that we were ever going to be of any acclaim, but I set out we're just going to be the most progressive sandwich shop in America. Just going to do sandwiches and, and the small plates and stuff better and better and, and from a deeper form of scratch than anybody else does it. You know, I mean, you as soon as you go in and taste the food, I mean, it's an immediate difference from yeah. anything else that that you've tasted for sure. I mean, the depth, the flavor profiles, everything is just on a different level completely. Well, it's like we agonized over fries, right? So the easy thing for us to do would be to buy fries, frozen, pre-flashed. They're good. I would never not. I wanted to get checkers fries, as did Seth. <laughs> like literally the same. You can buy them from Cisco. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we don't actually use Cisco for the record, but Thank God. Um, yeah. Um, but so the option was there. We took the hard route. We cut our fries every day by hand with a mandolin. Good. Like we don't have a fry cutter. Good God, dude! With a mandolin, dude. I have I have worked with a mandolin before. That yeah. is, it's not the most fun. That's for sure. So I will give. You I mean, you just get that. good at it. I was gonna say, yeah, you get good at it, and you you hit yourself a couple times. That's. Yeah. I've been to the bone a couple times. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, not not a not our Orlando meets. I've since learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, I yeah. just get the scrapey palm. Yeah, that's what that's what I did before. Just the scrapes. Never went too deep like that. But yeah, this, I don't. I mean, there's no camera. But like, there's a triangle here. That all the way to the bone. Oh, my God, Just this dude. whole meat off. Oh, buddy. Yeah, it's rough. You know, these things happen, though. <laughs> you learn. You got to pay to play, though. With blood. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so that's... Uh, where was I? Oh, doing stuff better. And then um, it's it's since paid off. Like, I think it took longer for people to grasp that we weren't trying to get one over on them. The whole medium rare thing. People wanted it well done. Or... Some guy, you've seen the size of our burger, it's six and a half ounces. Like, we don't hide the weight. He's like, this is a slider. The thing is bigger than my fist. For real. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be real. eating more meat than that in a single sitting. For real. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like, as things leveled out and people started to understand what we were doing, I think the the, the we've gotten a, a large enough following that now everyone knows what page we're on and they're willing to follow with us. So it's it's really cool. I was gonna say in a short amount of time, you guys have only been open for how long now? A year and our grand opening of the restaurant was November fifth, twenty seventeen. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Exactly. Yep. Um, Ten days before my birthday. Woo woo. Fifteen you, days. You guys before, opened wait, no. for me. Twenty. Twenty days before my birthday. Are you Scorpio? I make it a point to never learn those things. It doesn't mean shit to me whatsoever. But apparently, I'm spot on. Whatever okay. it is, that's what they November twenty oh. fifth. Yeah, man, fuck all that noise. Don't don't let these people tell you who you are based off of some I mean, vague, I, vague star chart bullshit. I if it, it's the same thing with religion. If people find comfort in it, that's cool. Oh, and by more all power means, to them. Yeah. But like for me, what does that mean? Like unless I can divine some kind of truth about myself, or unless I can divine something that's meaningful then excuse the terminology it seems paramasturbatory like it seems like it's just one hand stroking the other like aren't we great i'm a sagittarius aren't we great i'm a scorpio because there's no there's no like hierarchy there's no like absolute trash astrology sign and there's no like absolute perfect master race astrology sign so everyone has the balance i agree so whatever attributes and not to take a D stance on this but whatever attributes <laughs> you're 
you're born with according to astrology, you can make it work if you're a talented player. You exactly. know exactly. So that's where I stand. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Honestly, it's just that that's sitting in my my head recently because I just had somebody trying to talk to me about my Scorpio sign and how recent things in my life have all been attributed to this, and I was like. I don't think so. It's just because I wanted to do those things and I did them. That's that's it. Like I mean, great shit happens to everybody. Horrible shit happens to everybody. Exactly. Varying degrees. Exactly. It's easy to point the finger and have an external locus of control. But as the Buddha would say, or as the Taoist would say, to like really be divine and truly like understand your situation is to say, I can only control what I can control. Yep. Worrying about what the stars are doing is not going to help me. Yep. Most definitely. So that's where I am. Focus on what you can work with. Which is usually very little. <laughs> yeah. Just a tiny yeah. little space in front of you, you that know, you can as, handle. As I get older, you know, I realize that more and more every day, the space just gets smaller and smaller. Your understanding of the space. <laughs> your understanding of what you can control. Yeah, exactly. Like minimal. Yeah, man. And then your body betrays you. Trust me, I'm already there. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the dough thing earlier, man. My yeah. body's already betraying me. It's, my body is not happy with me. I've been lucky to have a, a gastrointestinal fortitude that has not been lost in any sense of the word. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've got creaks. Do you have creaks? Yeah. I mean, I had uh, I had plantar fasciitis that just went away. Oh, Jesus, It just man. left. It's just gone. Dude, that's no joke either. Yeah, that, it was horrible. Sh- and then I put the little bands on my feet and it was all better. Now I haven't, it's been like a year and a half. You have flat feet? No. Okay. I got High f- arches for how weird and flat and flintstone my feet are. Interesting. I got flat feet and that like contributes to back problems and mm-hmm. shit for me. So I'd whoo buddy. I, I'm like, I have all my friends. They'll see me like if I'm leaving the house or we're going to go somewhere, I'll have to take out my insoles and put them in whatever shoes I'm wearing. And they're like, all right, old man, let's fucking go. I'm like, yo, be like, man. It, I have to do this, man. I don't want to fucking hurt all day. This is what life is now. <laughs> you damn kids. Get off my lawn. Exactly. But I mean, that's the thing is like, you can only control so much. And I had like a really shitty situation in my personal life happen recently. And like, it takes a long time to truly understand how little you can contribute in the positive. And so like every moment counts, like every chance you get to say, I love you to somebody or every chance you get to like stop and let somebody into traffic or whatever. Like you should really take that opportunity just just be mindful of those moments. Hold it's, the door. It's like a weird day polite. and age that we live in now. Like, with, I mean, everything with social media, it just everything is just so me, me, me in this ADD world that we live in. Like, everybody's just kind of focused on their own shit, and they don't even think it, it, about like the it, normal, not even, not even that. normal like, pleasantries like that. You know what I'm saying? I was going. I was at Wawa. It was late-ish. The one on Fifty, right there. Uh-huh. And I was being polite. Held the door. Woman walking in on the phone does not make eye contact with me the whole time. And you know, the Wawa always has the double doors. You're about to say the exact same thing that happened to me two or three days ago. Inside, outside, right? I know where this is going, yo. I opened the door for her. She did not make eye contact with me. The door is not being held by no one. It's me, right? She walks in just enough to let her ass through the door close right behind me. This shit literally happened to me three days ago at Wawa. Yeah, it's Yo. because of double doors. And usually you do that Edwardian thing where you'll hold the door for somebody I'm and then you go the to the for you. Oh, oh, how great is this? And we like mm-hmm. kind of pat each other on the back. Like, how awesome are we? Like, there's hope for humanity. Exactly. The flip side, 
when somebody just can't be bothered. Wawa is almost like a sociological experiment, like trash people. The purge is going to get them. I mean, like how bad of a person you have to be to not acknowledge my existence. You walk past me. You know what I mean? Like have you ever been in like big cities. Yes. Oh, at, yeah. So I'm from here. And I'm used to, like, if I make eye contact with somebody on the street, I'll give them a little nod. Like, yeah. We made eye contact. I'm not a threat. You're not a threat. Nod. Exactly. Right. We, I don't have to say hi, but I'll, yeah. I'll give you, like, the, the a little wave or yeah. a nod. We yeah. looked at each other. Exactly. We had a moment. Nod. We can recognize that we're here together yeah. existing. Like, but that's becoming less and less a thing. Yep. Like, I'll make eye contact with somebody on the street and give them the nod. I'm not trying to date you. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm just acknowledging that we are human beings that we made eye contact we should be nice to each other be nicer at least something. common pleasantries you know like well, that's, but I, I that's think so the, funny though that you said that about the wawa thing because i'm not even i'm not even lying that literally the exact same situation happened to me three days ago and i was so like i wanted to like what do you do in that situation like i wanted to say so something, but you, you know can't. hanlon's razor yes okay so hanlon's razor dictates that that woman is just so incompetent she can't be bothered right fair enough so she's not evil it's not like out of malice but that brings about the question is how horribly incompetent must she be across the board in every other aspect of her life right that one person not people in general but in that instance she didn't have the courtesy to acknowledge my presence or you're not the same woman i hope yeah just standing outside of wawa <laughs> just being horrible um maybe she's running a social experiment on all of us i mean that would be interesting then kudos to her if that's the case right love it god damn she pissed me off <laughs> right so it's like the same thing like if you can um if you can extrapolate all of her behavior in that one moment and you probably can't she's probably a nice person generally just that one moment you don't know what her going on for her um but I think that the one thing you have to do is like if you're mindful in a few aspects of your life, you tend to be more mindful across the board. So like a guy or a girl that their car is neat, their house is neat, their clothes are nice, they're, you know what I mean? Everything's put together. They're not drunk all the time. They're mm. not doing whatever. They generally don't eat too much trash. They're probably good at their job. More than likely, yes. And the same and you can you can reverse engineer that same thing is if you see somebody at work and they're getting it. They're super good at their job. They're always on time or early. They're always doing that. You go look at their house. It's not going to be a shit show. Yep. More than likely. More than likely, yes. <laughs> I mean, some people are really dichotomous. There are exceptions to the rule. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, for the most part. Yeah, people are, are consistent. And, like, I think that when you... Um, if you can teach your kids to say... That, hold the door for people. Be nice. Be complimentary or shut the fuck up. Like... You know what I mean? Don't give people your opinions if your opinion doesn't matter in that instance. What authority do you have? How many people are weighing, don't have kids or don't know anything about science that are weighing in on shit that has to do with kids and science? Yo. Like the, Yo, the, the, the vax shit. thing or the, the math thing. I don't understand Common Core. I took calculus and passed calculus in high school. I don't understand Common Core. I haven't been able to, to fuck with any of that Common Core. I haven't even looked at any of it because people like yourself will tell me these things because I did well in math in high school and whatnot. Right. And people like you will say that like, yeah, I did well in math. I don't know what is going on with that shit. It doesn't make logical sense from how we were brought up. And so like to try to teach it, I, maybe it makes sense in some regard. I don't know. But I'll never know because it's just a, a language that I can't breach. Fair enough. You know? But yeah, so back to the, the, the sociological thing. 
Like, it's the same way across everything. If you can teach your kids to be more mindful and more respectful of humanity at large, they will get that back and just be fine. It'd be better. It's a a Kurt Vonnegut quote, uh, deal in good faith with the universe. Just like always assume that no one's out to fuck you, that this this is just happening. It's something that happens. Deal with it. Be nice. Ride with it and keep, keep your moving, cool. man. Yep. All things move to the whim of the great magnet. Most definitely. Now, I have to say, I do have to give you congratulations because I know you guys were just featured on uh, one Andrew's oh, yeah. show. Yeah, that was really bizarre. Yes, yeah. I bet it was. Especially with the whole situation of why he came down to Orlando in the first place. I think that's... Orlando in a nutshell like it's just weird enough the circumstances are strange and like constantly being underrated for various things um I mean if you grew up here the Walt Disney World and Dis- and uh Universal, Universal are like passe yep I've been to, to Walt Disney World too many times I just like whatever but if you see it from an outsider's perspective how magical and amazing and crazy that is like it's it's our normalcy uh it's a plastic normalcy but still um people save up for like 10 years to go on vacation with their five kids and whatever yep drop so much money it is a feat and a wonder in unto itself that being said it's not my house you know what i mean exactly orlando is not that um and that's the dichotomy that i think makes us weird enough to to elicit that kind of response from Andrew Zimmern and then the subsequent fallout and then his visit. Yeah, which is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those people who was shitting on him on Twitter when that tweet came out because I've de- because that's exactly why I do this podcast. Yeah. I do this podcast to highlight all the dope shit that's going on in Orlando so people do not think... I mean, yeah, we want you to think about Disney and Universal too, but everybody already thinks about that. I want you to think about the actual... People that are doing dope shit, like local businesses, local musicians, local artists. I want to highlight all that stuff. So, like, I mean, there's, I, it's a weird line to toe because I feel like there's some stuff that we need to keep to ourselves. Yeah. So I agree, but it's, I would, it is hard, but it's like I would always promote any restaurant that's worth its salt. Always, I would never say we need to keep a restaurant to ourselves because it's financially inviolable that way. Mm -hmm. However. I don't think we should tell any outsiders about grandma party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Fair our little enough. festivals, our little rituals and things that go on in the city proper. That can just be for us for now. I feel that, you know, S- sweater what festival will remain the, unmentioned. Yeah, exactly. You know what happened to the Cannes film festival? Exactly. That used to be a little tiny thing. That's true. This is very true. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think grandma party is going to pop off in exactly the same <laughs> way, but you know, or, or just anything that we do here. That's like uniquely, or, or is Orlando and feels right in Orlando. Um, like, I don't know if it's different in other cities, but have you noticed like how many podcasts are here? Successful podcasts? Well, that was a, that, that was just a crazy thing in and of itself. I feel like, cause we were talking about, you know, Tom and Dan right before the show. I mm-hmm. feel like they definitely were the people that pushed that whole, that whole field of podcasts, like popping up out of nowhere. Just because they had such a huge, I mean, they still do. They have such a huge influence in the in the city about about podcasting specifically, that they just had the, all these little offshoots of podcasts just shoot up after that man. And it's 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 so bizarre to see them now because like I grew up and I don't I don't know if they don't like to talk about what they did before or whatever, but like I grew up listening to them as a kid, and then to see them 
as an adult now and they're still adult it's like a weird like seeing a teacher at Publix or whatever yeah it's one of those things and like they're normal guys and like i i listen to these people and they don't look like i imagined you know what i mean like uh jim uh jim colbert he oh used dirty to be on jim, monsters yeah. Yeah, I don't think he likes to be called that anymore. No, no. But but uh, so I grew up listening. He does not look anything like I imagined <laughs> him to look. Um, you know, and I I met Melissa Fox a couple times and uh, Drew Garabo back in the day, and nobody looks like my imagination. It's always so bizarre, and like to see and be around them now. And I was just on their show Friday, no Wednesday. I was Tom just on the show, yeah. Uh, corporate time with Tom and Dan. Gotcha. And like. How fucking crazy is it that like I grew up listening to them and that same voice is now in front of me and I'm on a microphone like I'm trying to not fanboy out or not be too too nostalgic and, and wonder that. But yeah, back to the, the whole litany of podcast thing. We have a category of best local podcast and it's rife with quality stuff. Yeah, man. And so they had to actually do that specifically because Tom and Dan was winning like they won best local radio show as the podcast. Yeah. And then Orlando weekly was like, Oh shit. Like we have to put like a, a best podcast category in. Cause now we've got a podcast winning out over all of the FM radio stations. Yeah. So now we need to separate that in its own thing. I mean, I don't like the stuff that we do here is, is so beautifully Florida. Like as the rest of the country sees it, like, yeah, it's crazy. There's probably some homeless people that they're not violent. They're just super weird. You know what I mean? There's really good food. There's really bad food. There's like really corporate stuff. There's really it's it's such a weird dichotomy and amalgam of everything that you want. And it's a small enough town where you're probably not going to get murdered. Yeah. Odds are in your favor that you're not going to get murdered or robbed. You know, so very true. Even though I have been robbed in Orlando, but I have to. years ago though. But so. I was in a seedy kind of shitty situation. Same, or whatever. <laughs> same. You like the, yeah, the instances and the yeah. The, if you're doing the right thing, you're probably fine. Yeah, exactly. The, back then when I got robbed, definitely not doing the right thing. Yeah, you shouldn't have been. <laughs> I feel like everybody's grandmother is like, you shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> Nothing good happens after midnight. That kind of stuff. You so, know? so what was weird about the uh, the whole experience uh, with the TV show? Oh, I mean, so like I was super psyched about it and um, we knew well in advance, like months. And uh, so we were like getting ready for it. And then the the adrenaline had like worn off. You know what I mean? Like you're excited, you're excited, you're excited. And then it was like, oh shit, he's coming next week. Like, what are we going to put on the menu? Like, what's it? Because we change the menu every day. So it's like we had to do something special, something that he might like. They sent advanced crews. Um, We were trying to like figure out what's right and like what's cool and like so i got there in the morning and we had to time the delivery of the animals so that they could get it on camera and like everything had to be coordinated uh. and like i got up and um so i was cutting meat and then i changed aprons so it wouldn't be covered in blood which i would never do that during a normal day it's just it's a weird juxtaposition and like to see andrew zimmern there like a guy that i again that i'd watched on television um and a guy that i had looked up to um, it's always like this, how much can I talk to him before I'm invading his space? I feel that. <laughs> like there's a story that one of my old chefs, uh, used to tell about Anthony Bourdain where he just wanted to be alone. He wasn't a dick, but he was so put upon by everybody that all he wanted was some quiet time privacy. Yep. I feel that. And so like that story really always hit me where it's like, I just want to say hello maybe a picture if you're cool with it and then i'm totally fucking gonna leave you alone 
Um, and so after filming, I was exhausted, like so panicked that had just left my body. I was drained and everything. And he was outside maybe 20 feet from me. And it took everything I had to resist walking over to him and trying to shoot the shit because he had just gone through the same thing. And he has to go through this all the time. He's on camera. He's on. All he wanted to do was stand there and be quiet for a moment. And so like I had the restraint and I didn't say shit to him. And like, even though he knew I was there and I knew that he knew that I was there, I didn't breach that. I was like super proud of myself for that. I could probably pat myself on the back too much for that. But that was the part that was really weird is like having the adult restraint to not fanboy on somebody that deserves to be fanboyed upon. But that's also like your own form of showing respect too. Yeah. That I know that's probably what he wants. You know? Most definitely. I'm the same exact way, man. Same exact way. There's actually a legendary hip hop producer that I still kind of kick myself over this to this day. Oh, cause you didn't I say saw hi. him. No, I said hi. Uh, I saw him back in like 2010. He came to play. Uh, these dudes did a documentary on him, and he came to play a show here in Orlando. They premiered the documentary here. He had a Q and A after the documentary, and then he spun like an all vinyl set for like two and a half hours after. It was so dope. So right. dope. Is and, there anybody I would know? Or uh, his name's Ninth Wonder. He uh yeah he he's done like big productions for like Jay Z and other people back in the day um but anyway so after his DJ set he was just letting people you know come up to the stage and like say what's up shake his hand and take a picture and I wasn't gonna do it at all like I was I just didn't want to do it because I was like I don't want to be that guy and my friend she was like no no you have to go out there you have to go at least say hi so I went up to go say hi. And uh, he commented on my shirt because I had like this hip hop shirt on. He's like, oh, it's a really dope shirt. And I was like, oh, thank you, man. I said, hi. I shook his hand. Blushed a little bit. And a little bit, a little bit. I had him sign my vinyl and then I got the hell out of there. She was just like, yo, why didn't you tell me you were up there? Like I would have took a picture and all this. I was like, I don't, I didn't even need that. I didn't even need to go up there in the first place, you know? Um, looking back. Nine years later, really wish I had gotten that but picture you got the with signed him. Vinyl though, I do have the signed vinyl. I do have the signed vinyl, but there's something in me that I was just like, man. I mean, appreciate the moment for what it was. You know, like I always wish that I could have met like Hunter S. Thompson or see. That's you know, how I that feel about it too. And it's like I also look at it. You know, like there's so many other people behind me that are yeah. all feeling the same feelings that I'm feeling and they want to have their moment with ninth also. Like I just need to take what I can get right now. Yeah. Boom. And move on with my life. It. Yeah. He's a human being. Like he wants to say hi to all these people online, get the fuck out of here and go chill on his tour bus or whatever. Yeah, and and wind down. And yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I hope I get to be to the point where people want to talk to me all the time. Like that would be a good <laughs> problem to have. Yeah, man. Um, but like, uh even now i kind of feel like um like i don't understand what that must be like i just can't fathom it you know what i mean because i was always a kitchen creep it's like always a wall between me and the general public and then working in open kitchens is a little bit different and then working in a situation where you're kind of out front and people know who you are and people mm. want to talk to you and like that's a, a different thing altogether and like i always I will talk for for longer than they want to at this point. You know what I mean? Because I'll just nerd out about food 
someone will come and say, oh, uh, you know, I was thinking about using a sous vide for this and that. And I was like, well, actually, let me tell you about, <laughs> and I'll go on a huge diatribe about why circulators are good for this and not for this, and maybe you could do this. But like, really, I mean, raised in the French tradition, you want to do this or that, and like, I don't really recommend grills. And it'll go on, and you, I start to see their eyes glaze over, and I'm like, oh, I fucked up again. <laughs> I didn't keep it short enough. But for me, there's so much information and so much um, to learn and to, to appreciate about food that I, I can't help myself most times. And I would rather be verbose about it than to be curt and like, yeah, just put that on the grill. Yeah, just throw it in the oven. Um, if you're yeah. passionate about something, it's going to show. Yeah. It's going to break through and people are going to realize it's too that. rough sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still not to the point in any regard where I wouldn't welcome like somebody talking to me, but I'm sure like now that I've said that, I hope it fucking, it's it gets come, real weird. going to come in droves now, man. <laughs> Doubt it. So my friend, what is on the horizon for you? What is on the horizon for Orlando meets? What can we expect? So, uh, I mean, we're really busy. We're looking at, uh, we've actually, we're up 20 something percent for the year, like busyness wise, which is huge. Um, yeah, and it's a very short time to be so well recognized, which is nice. Um, but I, um, I really think that our next move should kind of be decided by the people. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to have a poll or whatever, but like, I think that we should look, and this is all informal, but, um, I think that we should look at like what is missing from this town and try to do that. You know what I mean? Try to to do the next thing that this town needs. Cause like I wanted to always wanted to build a culture that helps support this town and helps support what this town stands for. Yes. And so like if, if we find or we figure out that like this town needs a vegan restaurant, even though we're butchers, then that's what we should do. You know what I mean? Or if we need to do uh, like a noodle shop, cause we have ramen spots, but there's no like pan noodle spots, Yep. which that would be cool. You know, and Bruno's doing a decent job with the pizzas. Uh, I love Lazy Moon by my house. I, I just went in there recently, and like I was surprised. I didn't remember it being that good. I was I was like, man, this is a really nice pizza pizza. Like I had two of the giant yeah, buddy thingies. Yeah, buddy. Um, Shouts out to Jose and all them over at uh, at Lazy Moon. There you go. Love you guys. I didn't even know them. Just yeah, free yeah. plugs. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. they, they they know me over there. It's oh, I'm plugging them all the time. It was like a Sunday or Monday night-ish. Like the sun had just gone down. It was jam-packed full of drunk toddlers. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, they're playing bocce ball or whatever. It's it's a really decent thing that they're doing. Um, and like I think that a lot of Orlando restaurants have found their place. And I think that if we can find the next place, that'll be what we do. I don't think we need another one of us. Another Orlando meets, I mean, in Orlando. The town's small enough. You guys should come to this location. For real, man. So, I mean, maybe we do a noodle shop. Maybe we do vegan. Uh, maybe we do another concept altogether. Whatever. When the time comes, if we find a spot, if we find a advantageous uh, situation, we'll we'll try to do the best by our town. And then other than that, we don't really have any direct plans. I feel that. I feel that. I mean, it sounds dope, honestly. Anything that, uh, anything that you guys are, are going to put your hands into... When it gets to that point, I'm already oh, intrigued. Shucks. I'm already intrigued, so yeah. let that be known. Did you least. ever have any of the Orlando meatless stuff? No, I have not. We did a vegan pop-up for a while. 
I wish I, I wish that my mom was in town honestly when uh, I was so I felt so bad because I, <laughs> I brought her I brought her to Orlando meets once because she lives in Tampa mm. and uh, really just because I wanted to eat there that's all I really looking back like I could care less of what she wanted to eat that day and I, when we get there we're looking at the menu and then I realize I'm like oh shit that's right oh you don't eat meat uh, oh, your mom's vegan too? Vegetarian? she yeah she was vegan for a little bit and then like ventured back into vegetarian yeah like, my mom's kind of pescatarian now makes it a little bit weird yeah a little, a little weird a little weird i definitely don't get the old like puerto rican home-cooked meals like i used to that's for sure yeah what is it just rice now beans um not even man she you can do mofongo no mofongo usually has pork cracklings in it yeah, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, but it's not as good without it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, I'm just gonna know that it's not there, so it's. But yeah. um, she mainly, honestly, she mainly just because she has like dietary issues too, mm. which I think kind of, I think she may have passed some of those down on to me. Maybe that's why, like I, like she, she's been straight up told by her nutritionist, like you really should be only eating like greens, berries, and like protein, like fresh right. fish stuff like that. So she doesn't eat any any like bread or dough or anything like that because it's it's been messing with her later on in her years too. I'm so sorry. Yeah, man. Mrs. It's, Steezy. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, you got to you got to just take, you know, the the pros and the cons that life gives you. And you just got to uh, deal with it. I don't know what I would do. Well, we have a a friend that's a baker and she's terribly allergic to shellfish. Oh. She can't even be in the same room. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what I would do about that. Well, that's like the the general manager actually that I just mentioned at uh, at Lazy Moon, Jose. He's the exact same way. He cannot be around it, cannot be anywhere close to it whatsoever, or he will just it'll be like deathly. It's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah, that's that terrible. I'm I feel so bad for them. I can't even fathom what that would right? be. Right, like. that shit is crazy to me. Like like I won't die if I eat bread. You know, I'll yeah. just feel shitty for a day and a half. You know, like I, I can still yeah, you don't eat go it. to anaphylaxis. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. But uh, damn, that's very exciting to hear. I'm glad that there's potentially some things brewing, you know. But in the future, we will all wait with a bated breath. And I think I, we're we're opportunists at heart. So like, it needs to make sense for us. And like, if we find a spot that makes sense, a concept that works, and we have the free time, because right now, busy. Yeah, we <laughs> busy, busy. we can't. There's not enough cooks in this town to support all the restaurants that we have. I feel that, man. I feel that. Yeah. Do you have any last words that you'd like to share with these people? I mean, thank you for having me on. Um, follow me on Instagram at Salt Forge and uh, at Orlando Meats. I think we also have Facebook. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Indeed. Thank Even you with all the in. technical difficulties. Yeah, right. That's, uh, um, you know. Eh, eh. For the record, feet, tattooed or, feet tattoos are just as bad as rib tattoos. Uh, Man, I just, oof, I don't even want to. Oh, oh be God. polite and treat people with uh, love and respect. Because you never know when you're going to die or they're going to die. Facts. And you don't know what that person went through that day either before you met them, man. Like, yeah. Just give them, give them a little bit of some good old-fashioned humanity. Be nice to everybody. I am full support of that. All right. I want to thank you for coming in, man. Thank I you so much for you having doing me. This. Yeah, man. It's, it was really fun. Most definitely. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at the Steez Trap and on Instagram at the Steez Trap. Go, please, to Orlando Meats and check out some of the dopest food in Orlando honestly the dopest and while you're there you know slide on over to the butcher counter too man get you some cuts to bring home seriously because they got the fire fire cuts over there 
I mean, am I lying or am I lying? No, it's good. Just you're very enthusiastic, and looking at your face while you do it is, is comical <laughs> to me. People don't get to see these things. Uh, eventually, later on in the year, they will when I add video. But for as of now, those faces were just for you. Oh well, highly erotic. Thank yes, you. yeah, no, no. You can uh, you can use those in your wet dream later tonight, my friend. Deals with you. Boom. Yeah, yeah. That's all for today. Thank you guys for listening. Much appreciated as always. We're out this bitch. Much peace and love, y'all.